Hey, this week we begin a series today. I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about this series. Uh, I, I was telling some this morning, um, you know, as pastors, we, we, we're always excited about the series that we bring forward. Uh, we feel like God's laying on our heart. But this one, they're just something special. I, I, I believe God's going to do some incredible things through this teaching over these next four weeks. This will take us all the way to Easter Sunday. Um, we're going to talk about the blood of Jesus. We sung about it. How many enjoyed the power in the blood? Yeah. How many enjoyed nothing but the blood? Yeah. How many glad you're washed, you're washed in the blood? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if you're washed. You need to be washed. Because when you're washed, come on, how many know what I'm talking about? So... <laughs> Kevin, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hot. I'm getting a little ringing up here. Maybe, maybe the M2s or something. Um, but we're going to start this series. And in this series, um, we always equate the blood of Jesus to the cross. But in this series, we're going to take a look and we're going to see that the blood of Jesus began to be poured out and spilled for you and me before the cross. And as we got to study in this, there's, there's different places where the blood of Jesus was spilled, and we believe there's significance in these places. We believe that God is trying to tell us something through the places in which the blood was shed, okay? And so this morning, we're going to kick off this series, and we're going to talk about this. And I, I just want to ask, are there any overcomers in the house this morning? Hallelujah. Come on, we're going to buck, snort, and spit here this morning. I promise you that. Are there any overcomers in the house this morning? Amen. I want you to look at the person next to you and say, I'm an overcomer. I I feel like I've got a great word for us this morning. I preached it to God last night in my living room. He loved it, okay? Josie was there, my my, uh, seven-year-old daughter, she's there, and and she was kind of watching her phone, and when she's watching her phone, I was going over my notes, and I was getting excited just going over my notes, and she just started laughing, and I said, what are you laughing at? She goes, you're funny, Dad. And I said, why am I funny? She goes, you keep doing this all the time with your hands. (laughs) And so I didn't realize I was doing that, but we're going to talk about the blood of Christ all the way up to Easter. And if you, man, telling a preacher to preach about the blood's like telling me, go get them at a buffet, all right? This, you know, every pastor, when you talk about the blood, we, we get, we're, we're ready, we're ready, all right? And so when you talk about the blood, if you don't understand the power of the blood, then you don't understand the power source of everything we do because the blood is the power source of everything we do. We sang that song, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Now, Satan does not want you to understand the power that's in the blood. He doesn't want you to understand the power that every person in this room has access to this morning. He doesn't want you to understand that. See, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says this. It says that you overcome him, who's him, Satan, how? By the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony, right? So notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say that they barely got by by the blood. It doesn't say that they escape by the skin of their teeth by the blood. It doesn't say that we run and that we hide by the blood. The Bible says that we overcome. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That word blood literally means absolutely a complete work. You didn't barely get saved just like you didn't barely get pregnant. Come on, somebody. Are you pregnant? Well, barely. No, either you are or you're not. Either there is life in you or there... Come on, somebody. 
And so you didn't barely get saved. I know some of y'all probably think of someone, well, I think they barely got saved. No, they didn't barely get saved, and you didn't barely get saved. When you got saved, God did a complete redemptive work in your life. Six of us believe that. All right. You didn't barely get saved. The word overcome means to carry off in victory. The word overcome means to come off victoriously. We're not barely going to get by. We're not barely going to make it. No, we have been bathed in the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Now, the devil wants to keep you from the teaching of the blood. He wants to keep you away, or he wants to at least cheapen the blood of Jesus Christ this morning. And that's why you have some major denominations across America today who do not sing songs. They have actually removed songs about the blood from their hymnals because they don't want to talk about the blood because in our society, they say the blood is too gory. It's not what our society needs to hear. Listen, this is no accident, friends. This is no accident. The enemy is using whatever he can to stop the teaching of the blood. But the blood is the power source of everything we do. Hebrews 9.22 says this. It says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. There's no forgiveness of sin. Galatians 3.13 says, we're under a curse. But by the power of his blood, we've been redeemed from the curse. Matthew 20.28 says, he became the ransom for many. Well, pastor, why did he have to become a ransom? Well, you become a ransom because somebody's been kidnapped. Somebody's been held hostage. And before we got saved, our minds were held hostage. Before we got saved, we were, we were under a, a generational attacks. And before we got saved, we were held by alcoholism, drug addiction, destruction in our family. We were held by different things. But when we got saved, God said, Jesus paid the ransom note and set you free. He paid the ransom note. Now, Satan wants to kidnap your faith. And Satan wants to make your faith fail. But I have a word for you this morning. Jesus already paid the ransom note. Come on. Jesus already paid it. He's trying. I know Satan's trying to take your family. He's trying to destroy your marriage. He's trying to destroy your career. He's trying to destroy your relationships. But I've got a word for you this morning. Jesus has already paid the ransom note that we might go free. Hallelujah. The blood is a fountain. Y'all got to calm down. You don't hang with me this morning, you better catch up because we're, we're, we're just getting started. The blood is the foundation of everything we believe. Yes, it is. Why? Well, number one, the blood has life. The blood has life. Leviticus 17.11 says, The life for the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood by reason of life that makes atonement. What's this scripture saying? It's saying life is in the blood. If you have no blood in your body, you have no life in your body. The only thing that gives power to the preaching and teaching of the word of God is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why this book is called a living book. It is not an outdated piece of literature written several thousand years ago. This is the only book on the planet that has life channeling through every verse, every chapter, every book. This is it. 
Hebrews 4.12 12 says, For the word of God is quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. That word quick literally means alive. This book is alive. It is alive to every person under the sound of my voice this morning. Every person who has a need in this house today, this book is alive and ready for you to take hold of the promises that are in this book. Hallelujah. It's alive. God's word is a living word. It is distinct from all other books for one reason. Because blood is circulating through every page, through every chapter, through every verse. From Genesis to Revelation, it flows with blood, and it is the blood that gives life to the word of God. Without the blood, this Bible would be like any other book. Without the blood, like a dictionary. Without the blood, folks... Without the blood, this book would be like the, the sayings of Chairman Mao. Chairman Mao, back, back in 1968, 640 million copies were printed and distributed all throughout China as they tried to get every kid to learn and to recite and to grab hold of the sayings of Chairman Mao, 1968. But in 2018, you can, finally, uh, you can hardly find a copy of the sayings of Chairman Mao. Why? Because that word didn't bring life. Instead, the Chinese today, there is a revival going on in China, and the underground church in China they're reaching for another book and it is the holy living book the word the Lord of Jesus Christ why because Chairman Mao he never hung on a cross Chairman Mao never shed his blood Chairman Mao never rose from the gate come on don't get me started this morning there is life in this book because life is in the blood. We're not going to sit around and just sing kumbaya and talk about how depressed we are and how sad we are and how angst we are. Come on, there's life in this blood and there's life in you. There's life in you. This book, without the blood, this book would be like any other book. It would be like the Quran. What separates God's word from the Quran is that Muhammad never hung on a tree. Muhammad never rose from the dead. But I do know that there was this man named Jesus who gave his life, who hung up on a cross, and three days later rose from the dead to defeat death, hell, and the grave. Come on, because his blood was shed and because he rose, there's life in this word. There's life in it. That's why it's the number one bestseller to date. The Holy Bible. Let me tell you something about this blood. Let me catch my breath first. We're all one blood. We're all one blood. Acts 17, 26 says, And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth. That one thing that relates all men to each other is the blood, that throws through, flew the, the blood that flows through their veins. All men are out of one blood, and that blood is the blood of Adam. And that blood trickles to every person in the human race. Think about this. Adam's blood has a disease. See, Adam's blood was infected by sin. Psalm 51.5 says, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Yes. Why? Because every person is born with the inherited sin of Adam. The first Adam's sin corrupted the bloodline for the entire human family. Right. Romans 5.12 says, Through Adam's sin entered into this world and spread to every person on planet earth. But three verses later, verse 15, For if by the transgression of one man many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by one man, Jesus Christ, abound to many. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
Because of the blood of all men partakes in the sin of Adam, it can only be cleansed by the application of spotless blood. Hebrews 9.22 says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission, there's no removal of sin. Listen, Eve's sin did not affect us, although Eve did sin before Adam. It was the sin of Adam that brought death upon, upon humanity because it was his seed. We are called the seed of our father. Only, there's only been one who has ever walked the, place, the face of this earth who's ever been called the seed of the woman. And that one, you know, is Jesus Christ. He was born of a woman, but he was not infected through his father's bloodline. Why? Because his father, he was conceived of the who? The Holy Spirit. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was born of a woman, but conceived through the Holy Spirit. So his blood was not tainted. There was only one remedy for sin. It was sinless blood. And the only one who could apply it is Jesus Christ. The problem is, many of us don't want to admit that we're a dysfunctional family. Come on. How dare you say I'm from a dysfunctional family? Everybody is. Jared, you, you betcha. You ain't seen my bunch of crazies. Go to a family get-together with me sometime. I'll introduce you. (laughs) You know, you bet we're dysfunctional. Billy Graham, dysfunctional. Mother Teresa, dysfunctional. Benny Hinn, dysfunctional. We need another great one. Orville White. Yes, dysfunctional. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because we all come... From the Adams family, right? Come on. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) You were kooky and you're spooky. Well, you were creepy and you're spooky. Then you got saved and now we're just kooky, right? Come on. All right, you shut off. We're from the Adams family. (laughs) Come on. Your neighbor's from the Adams family. Your best friend's from the Adams family. Your spouse is from the Adams family. We're all from the Adams family. Before we got saved, we were creepy and we were spooky. And now we got saved and now people call us kooky. But when the blood of Jesus came into me, it took all my sin. It took all the time I messed up. It took all, even the times I messed up on purpose. And I knew what I was doing and I did it anyway. The blood of Jesus took care of all that. It takes care of my addictions. It takes care of my pain. It takes care of my shame. I got a blood transfusion the day I invited Jesus into my heart. Why? Because there is power and there's life in the blood. Yes. We've been redeemed. And we no longer have to be cursed by our sin. The same blood that saved me from my sin is the same blood that has the power to keep me from my sin. Come on, somebody. All right, calm down. Number two. Number one. Number one, right? You got that? Number two. The blood has no limits. The blood has no limits. John 9.30, when Jesus had taken the sour wine, he said, it is finished. See, the worst thing that we can do as Christians is to allow the enemy to dumb us down of the power of the blood. When you limit the blood of Jesus to just getting saved, you've limited what the blood of Jesus can do. Jesus said, it is finished. Tell I to let's die. That means it's a completed work. 
It's complete for redemption. It's complete for forgiveness. It's complete for healing. It's complete for provision. It's complete for restoration. It's complete for protection. It is finished. This blood is just not one-dimensional. It is multidimensional. Let me explain it this way. There were Israelites who were bound for 400 years in slavery. And those Egyptians, they took their money, they beat their kids. Daddies had to watch their children grow up in generational bondage. Daddy couldn't free his son because his daddy couldn't free him because his daddy couldn't free him. But finally, God sent a man named Moses, and that daddy did what Moses had instructed by God to do. He was to take that picture of Jesus Christ, that one-year-old lamb, slay that lamb and take that blood and apply that blood, put it in a basin. And the father was to take that basin and then go to the foundation of their home and grab a plant that was called hyssop. There's a sermon right there, but we'll get to that later. And he was to take that hyssop plant, and he was to dip that hyssop plant in the blood. And he would pull that hyssop plant out, and he would lay that hyssop plant over the foundation, over the home, dip it in the blood, lay it over the foundation, and then lay it over the door frame of the house. And at that point, the death angel could not come in and take the family because of the blood of the lamb. Friend, let me tell you something. The Bible says we live even under a better covenant than they lived under. And this, if this is what God did for them with the blood of a one-year-old lamb, imagine what he wants to do for us with the blood of his son, of his only son, the super lamb, Jesus Christ. That father put, put that blood after 400 years of bondage, after 400 years of watching his kids get beat, after 400 years of watching his wife get beat. That father took that blood, watching his kids get beat, watching no restoration, watching no healing, and he, he took that blood and he shut that door. He applied the blood over the door frame. He shut that door behind him. And then the father probably said something like, there, the blood has been shed. The lamb has been slain. It's done. Maybe he said something like, I don't know, it is finished. Come on, somebody. He didn't know what he was doing was pointing his uh, family to a picture of a greater lamb that was to come. And then the blood of that one-year-old lamb didn't just lead them out of Egypt. It didn't just save them from their enemy. It took care of some things before they got gone. Okay? As a result of the blood, Psalm chapter 105, 37 God restored back to them their finances. He brought them out from Israel laden with silver and gold. They didn't just get saved. It was a restoration of 400 years of financial deprivation. Come on, somebody. Then, oh, it gets even better. The Bible also says in that same verse that there was not a sick one among them. How many of you have ever seen the Ten Commandments? Watch that about Easter time. You remember that scene, Charlton Heston? Man, if you get to heaven and Moses don't look like Charlton Heston, I don't know what I'm going to do, right? But Charlton Heston, you know, he's, he's like, forward, you know, and they're all, but you, you, you see in the movie, you see the, the feeble old man, you know, I'm coming, Moses, you know, and you, you, you see all these feeble, you see, you see people carrying people, you see people in, in beds, and they're carrying the beds. That, that's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says that, that there was not a sick one among them because the blood didn't just save them. The blood restored them. The blood healed them. In one night, catch this, in one night, he gave back their health, their wealth, their identity, and their dignity. In one night. In one night. You're not catching it. In one night. One night. He gave back all this in one night. And we're worried if he can pay the bill. We're worried if he can touch me. We're worried if he can heal me. We're worried if he can protect me. We're worried if he can set us free. Listen, if he can do that for Israel in one night, think about what he can do for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Woo! Come on! 
I'm trying to get our faith up. I'm trying to get our faith. I'm trying to get you to see this is the power of the God that you serve. Why? Because life is in the blood. Life is in the blood. The blood has no limits. Listen, he didn't save you just so you can live in the sweet by and by. He saved you that you can thrive in the nasty now and now. You can be a light in the darkness. Why? Because there's power in the blood. There's life in the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I wish I had some people who would preach with me. <laughs> I'm not going to go on the rant. We watch this one. I was about to. Number three. Number three. The blood liberates your will to overcome the flesh. So I've set all this up to come to this one point today. As I'm sitting here exhausted and breathing like a fat guy at a buffet. Listen, have you ever heard someone say, I just don't have the willpower? You ever said it? I know I've said it. That's why I'm a fat guy looking at a buffet. I just don't have the willpower. I want to quit. I just don't have the willpower. That is inherent inherent with the sin of Adam. Let me explain it this way. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane in Luke chapter 22. And when he's in the garden, he's weeping. He says, Father, if thou art willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but thine be done. And the Bible says that sweat became drops of blood falling to the ground. Doctors confirm that at times of intense fear and agony, that your blood vessels can break beneath the skin and blood will come to the pores. And it will look as if you're sweating blood. Sweat became drops of blood there in the garden, fell to the ground. He didn't just shed his blood at Calvary. He started shedding his blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. But when did he spill his blood, though? I want you to catch this. It was during the time of confrontation that was happening between his will and the will of his Father. Look, friends, Romans 5, 19 says, Because of one man's disobedience, many was made sinners, but by the obedience of one, many shall be made righteous. Adam had the curse put on him because his will wasn't submitted to God. Jesus broke the curse. (laughs) Jesus broke the curse. The first Adam in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, again, Eve was deceived. Eve was tricked, folks, but Adam wasn't tricked. Adam wasn't tricked. Eve was deceived, but Adam willfully disobeyed God. Adam did not exercise his will and the authority that God had vested in him. He willfully disobeyed God, and because he willfully disobeyed God, the curse entered into the world because he, at that moment, was a weak-willed man. It's no accident that the first place Jesus ransomed us and shed his blood was in a garden. Because the first place we lost the blessing was in the garden. Come on, I want you to catch this. Listen, Jesus Christ, the second Adam, in the garden of Gethsemane. Remember, Paul refers to him as the second Adam. And Jesus Christ, the second Adam, in the garden of Gethsemane, he says, Father, if thou art willing, remove this cup from me. In Matthew 26, you'll actually see where he goes back and he says this three times. If, you, if there's any other way, Lord... Let this cup pass from me, but not my will. But if there's anyone else that can do this, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. There was a battle for his will. 
Why? Because Jesus knew he was going to be arrested. He knew he was going to have his beard ripped from his face. He knew that they were going to strip him naked. He knew that they were going to take him to the whipping post and tie him up and beat him. He knew that they were going to put nails through his hands and his feet. They, he knew that they were going to put the spear in his side. He knew it. He was God and he knew it. But this time God was going to fill what the enemy was going to do. And when you feel what the enemy is about to do in your life, how do you know there's a battle? There's a battle. When you feel what the enemy is going to do, you start saying, God, if there is any other way, man, if there is any other way, I don't want to walk through this. If there is any other way, and that's what Jesus was saying, God, if there's any other way, man, let this cup pass. There's a battle from Christ's will and the will of his Father. And Jesus gets up three times in the midst of this battle as it's raging on. He knew what he was about to go through, but he submitted his will to his Father. He was broken by the will to submit to his Father. Let me put it to us just plain and simple. The first Adam's flesh gave in and disobeyed in in disobedience in the Garden of Eden. The second Adam's flesh gave out in submission in obedience to his father in the Garden. Come on. The first Adam partook of the forbidden tree. The second Adam gave his life so he could hang on the tree. One disobeyed God because he won the fruit of the tree. The other said, God, I will give my life so I might hang on the tree so that no one else will ever have to be pushed around again by Satan and his lies and his tactics. He shed those drops of blood in the garden so you and I can have the power and the will to overcome the enemy. He did it. So people were going back to destructive habits, were going back to destructive relationships, saying, I just don't have the will. I don't have, I can't control my anger. I can't control this. Yes, you do. Jesus shed his blood so that your will could overcome anything the enemy throws at you. Yes, you do. Well, pastor, how many are still with me? Raise your right hand. I still love that guy. All right, good, I'm glad. Pastor, Satan goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But let me tell you, he's seeking all of us out. He's seeking all of us out. He wants my marriage. He wants my faith. He wants my ministry. He wants my home. He wants my finances. Just like he wants your faith and your home and your marriage and your finances. He's seeking whom he may devour. But let me see this. You know, if you're a teenager here, you go up and ask your parents, Mom, Dad, can I go up on the roof and play? Well, <laughs> I, I, you know, you're, you're able-bodied. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. But no, you may not. Right. My mom used to use that line all the time. <laughs> mom, can I go down to this guy's house? Can I go do this? Can I? Well, yeah, you can. But you're not going <laughs> to. That's what she'd say. Yeah. And I know that's not proper English. I ain't care no neither. <laughs> if you're an English teacher, that drives you crazy. Can, can Satan attack your marriage? Can Satan? Yeah, that's, that's him right there. How <laughs> I many you thought the rapture is happening? Can Satan destroy your marriage? Yes, he can. But no, he may not. Can Satan take your chance? Can he attack your home? Yes, he can. But no, he may not. (laughs) Can Satan grab hold of your fight? Yes, he can. But no, he may not. 
you got to bow your back, and you got to understand the blood begin to spill in the garden. So when he asked, can I have your kids? No, you may not. Can I have your home? No, you may not. Can I have your finances? No, you may not. Can I have your marriage? No, you may not. Can I have your faith? No, you may not. Can I have your family? No, you may not. Can I have your body? No, you may not. Can I have your health? No, you may not. Can I have your future? No, you may not. Can I have your destiny? No, you may not. Can I have your heart? No, you may not. Can I have your hope? No, you may not. Can I have your peace? No, you may not. Can I have your joy? No, you may not. Can I have your service? No, you may not. Can I have your church? No, you may not. The Bible says that he goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour but this morning out here in the country in Chester, Oklahoma there's another lion that's entering into the arena that we're in and it's the lion of the tribe of Judah and that lion has a roar that will send the lion of the enemy packing his head now come on somebody Woo! no you may not come on say it with me no you may not no you may not the devil comes to you and says you know what you still, I'm, I'm closing. I'm shutting down. I'm shutting down. It's my first close. You got 20 more minutes. The devil comes to you and says, you know what? You still have that problem. You still have that anger. <laughs> You're never going to change. You still have that depression. You're never going to change. You still have that addiction. You're never going to change. Your accuser says, you prayed a prayer, but you're a hypocrite because now you're on your fourth marriage. Come on. We're just being real. Look at you. You're never going to change. You will never change. And you're standing before the throne of grace and the devil's accusing you day and night. Your father leans down and says, how do you plead? And you know all the accusations are true because you know that you really have these faults. And so you look up at your father and you say, I'm guilty. I plead guilty. And the father leans down and he says, don't plead guilty, son. Don't plead guilty, daughter. Plead the blood. Plead the blood. Don't plead failure, plead the blood. Don't plead poverty, plead the blood. Don't plead addicted, plead the blood. Don't plead bound, plead the blood. Don't plead, don't plead anything else that's outside of my word, outside of my will. You've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Plead the blood. You've been set free by the blood. You've been made whole by the blood. Plead the blood. And the only way that our life falls short is if we don't have the knowledge of this overcoming blood that the enemy can overcome you. No, he may not. Plead the blood. Plead the blood. For if anyone, James chapter 1, 23 and 25. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what, he, what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. This passage of scripture says that we go to a mirror. And our mirror as Christians is the word of God. We see what the Bible says about us. Then we walk away. And we forget who we are in Jesus. See, the devil doesn't want us to experience all the power and blessings that come that is ours through the blood of Jesus. So he does everything he can to make us feel like we're never going to win and we're never going to accomplish anything. The word of God is like a mirror. When you look into it, come on, we don't see ourselves the way the devil sees us. We see ourselves the way God sees us. He doesn't see our failure. He doesn't see our sin. He sees the blood of his son. 
And when you look in the mirror of God's word, see yourself that way. See yourself as the way the heavenly father sees you. He sees you healed. He sees you without sickness. He sees your your joy. He sees your freedom. He sees you without bondage. He sees you without sorrow. He sees you a winner and not the loser. He sees you as the head and not the tail. Come on, somebody. The Lord asks, how do you plead? We take a look at ourselves and we forget what we saw in the mirror. And we say, I plead guilty. I'm a drug addict. I'm angry. I'm no good. I'm depressed. I can't get along with anybody. I hate people. And the Lord whispers in our ear, don't plead guilty. Plead the blood. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. That's why we can go to any jail cell. We can go to any street on this planet. And we can tell every drug addict, every alcoholic, every person with a problem, every person suffering with, with, with lust and poor, we can tell any person with any issue that God can redeem you. And God, God has bought back our willpower because his son shed his blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. You can overcome. 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 Well, God, I got this thing going on in my body. Yeah, I know. You can overcome. We're going to pray and we're going to believe you can overcome. You can be healed today. You can be set free today. You can overcome. Your will can overcome everything the enemy throws at you because Jesus shed his blood. He fought and he battled and he won the will. Hallelujah. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, as we, I'm I'm done. I I just want to get us going. I want to encourage your faith again. I want this series, I want this to boom your faith. I, I, I think in, in, this, in this house, I know in our community, there are so many who have been struggling for so long with so many things that we've lost. We've lost hope. We've lost faith, and we have learned to live under the identity of the issue that we have. Well, this is who I am. No, 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 it's not who you are. It's the issue you have, but it's not who you are. See, Jesus shed his blood that you can overcome. That your will could overcome. You have the mind of Christ. We're going to get to that in week three. Oh, that's going to be good. Next week, oh, we're going to talk about the, the, the shedding of the blood at, at, the, at, at the whipping post. And there's some good stuff. And, and then week three, we're going to talk about the shedding of the blood and the crown of thorns. The three and a half inch thorns were shoved into the skull of my Savior. And then on Easter, we're going to talk about the blood that was shed at Golgotha. And we're going to talk about everything that is there. That's going to be about a two or three hour sermon. You'll want to be here. Okay. <laughs> I just want you to get your faith going again. We don't have to live with this identity of our past. We don't have to live with the issues of our past. We don't have to live with the things that that haunt us in our our present. He set you free. He set you free. Get your faith up and grab hold of what has been promised to you through the blood of Jesus Christ. There is power in the blood. If you believe that, say amen. Stand your feet with me this morning. This morning I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and let's just spend a few minutes here. If you're here today, 
You would say, you know what, Pastor Jared, that that battle of will. Man, I've I've gave into that lately. I just thought there's 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 no way I can do it. I've been stuck in this pattern of sin for way too long. Or maybe it's just negative thinking toward yourself or negative thinking towards someone else. Or, man, there's such a host of things that maybe the Holy Spirit's bringing to your heart and to your mind right now. Man, I'm never going to be able to get over this, God. I keep falling at this time and time again. Well, this word was for you because he shed his blood that your will could overcome. You, can, you don't have to say, God, I can't. But you can say, God, through you, I will. Through you, I will. My will is because you will. Through you, I will. Man, you need to get that faith going again. Start believing again. Start believing for God to move in your life. Start believing for God. Some of you are stuck in a, in a financial situation. And you just kind of given up. And you thought, well, this is how it's always going to be. No, start believing for God to do a work in your finances. Some of you, it's your body. This is the way it's always going to be. No, start believing for God to touch your body. Get to believing again. Get hope back. Get your faith restored. Can I have your body? No, you may not. Can I have your family? No, you may not. Can I have your marriage? No, you may not. Can I have your future? No, you may not. Can I have your hope? No, you may not. Can I have your faith? No, you may not. I'm getting it back. I'm getting it back. I'm believing God again. Some of you, God placed a dream inside of you. Maybe it's years ago. Maybe it's just months ago. But you just lost sight of that dream. Maybe it's a business dream. Maybe it's a ministry dream. Maybe it's a dream for your children, a dream for your marriage, a dream on, on your job. But you, you just lost hope. And then he comes this morning and says, hey, can I keep this? No. I'm getting it back. I'm getting my hope back. No, you may not. Your will can overcome. This morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, this message hits you in any of those ways, any way, shape, or form. Why don't you just lift your hand up right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's what I want you to do. If you raise your hand, many, many raise your hand. You're not coming alone. I just want you to come and I want you to stand across from this church right now. Come on, we're family. Just, just move right now. Move right now. Move right now. Move right now. they're here across the front of this church 
I'm going to ask, if you will, to come. And you got friends up here. you got family up here. Come and let's, let's get behind each and every person. We're going to pray this morning. We're going to pray this. We're going to believe God to do a work across the front of this church. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, I just want you to get behind them. And I want you to lay your hands on the person in front of you. Now I want you to begin to pray. I want you to act like that was you up there. And how would you want someone praying for you this morning? How would you want someone going to God on your behalf this morning? So I want you to lay your hands on that person in front of you. I just want you to begin praying right now. We're, we're, we're going to go through this line and we're going to pray. And we're going to believe God just to touch hearts and touch lives this morning. That God will do what only he can do as we do what he's called us to do. Amen. Amen. Father, we love you this morning. And God, you see each and every situation. God, you see each and every need. God, you see each and every individual, each and every family, each and every couple represented at the front of this congregation this morning. God, you see the places, you see the moments, you see the times, God, where we have lost hope, where we've lost the ability to believe. God, we've lost, Lord, Lord there, 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 there's a verse in your, in your word that says, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. And many, there's, there's, there, that, that may be the case this morning. God, they, they believe, God, they, they, they know who you are, but lately just the circumstances and the situations and the, the symptoms of those things around them have just really dragged them down, God. And right now, they're, they're sitting there, God, I I, I once believed, God, I, I had belief, God, I, 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 I know you can, but God, I just lost the ability to, 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 to really think that you will. God, I pray this morning that we would grab hold of that. God, we'd grab hold of that belief that, God, you can and you will. You can and you will. And not only will you, but, God, you've already done it because you already shed your blood. And so this morning we grab hold of the promise of that. We grab hold of the promise of your word. We grab hold of the promise of your blood. And God, this morning, God, we grab hold of you. And we say, God, I'm pouring into you. God, I'm hanging on to you. God, I'm holding on to you. And God, I'm not going to let go because I know you're not going to let go. You're not going to let go of my life. You're not going to let go of my future. You're not going to let go of my marriage. You're not going to let go of my ministry. You're not going to let go of the thing that, that just has me wait in this moment, God. You're not going to let me go and let me slip through that, God. You've got me. You love me. You've surrounded me. And, God, you're encouraging me on this day. Father, I can overcome. I can overcome. I will overcome. I am overcoming as I speak. Father, I thank you today. I praise you today. Lord, for those who need a healing touch in their body. God, we believe for healing in their body. God, we believe from the top of their head to the sole of their feet this morning, God, that their body is made whole. God, for those who need touch and finances, God, who the, those who, who need avenues, God, we pray that you'll open up doors for them, for their business, God, for, for, for what they put their hand to may it be blessed. God, we pray for those who, who are in re relational dysfunction. God, I pray that you just restore what the enemy has tried to break down. And God, that you would bring back to wholeness and God, make it better than brand new. And so, Father, we're just believing for your supernatural touch upon each heart and each life represented at the front of this building this morning. 
God, as they've responded to your call. God, I pray your blessing upon them today. I pray your blessing upon them today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. 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 They're going to be at us today, okay? Because the Bible says look, the, 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 that he, he, he goes on the, def- on the defense, not us. It's time for us to take the land. It's time for us to go on the offense. It's time for us to attack. Come on. Roll up in the morning and say, good morning, Satan. What are we going to do to your kingdom today? Jesus, how are you going to use me today? How are we going to defeat these strongholds today? Nothing in the God. I, you know, to, 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 take, to take a lie from President Trump, you're going to win, and you're going to win, and then you're going to get tired of winning, then you're going to win some more. And 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 then you're going to wake up, and you're going to hey, it's a good time to start winning again. And you're going to win it. Come on, somebody. You're going to win again. Come on. We're overcomers. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Come on, there's power, wonder-working power in the blood. Amen? Amen.